going to talk about fasting today. Everyone's favorite topic. Super exciting day at church, right? Hey, uh, my question is, what would you do if you're about to kick off your, like, the most important mission of your life? Like, how would you prepare for it? I'm talking about, like, you were born for this. Like, God put you on the planet type stuff. What would you do? How would you, how would you prepare for that? Imagine... Uh, a guy in a black suit and black sunglasses shows up at your door, hands you a file labeled top secret. And he says, all right, the details of your mission are inside, but here's what you need to know. This is going to last about three years. You're, there's a really good chance you're going to lose your life at the end of this thing. And it's going to challenge you. It's going to stretch you in ways that you've never been challenged or stretched before. And uh, in fact, it, uh, let me give you an example. Your very first assignment on this mission, Satan himself is going to appear to you and try to derail you from your mission. He's going to throw all sorts of, you know, his, he's going to throw his best stuff at you. Power, prestige, pleasure, all of that. He's going to throw it at you. So it's going to be a challenge. But here's the deal. You got 40 days. You got 40 days to prepare. You have 40 days to get ready. How would you use that time? I, uh, I'm not really sure what I would do. I don't know if I'd hit the gym. I don't know if I'd hit the books. I don't know, I don't know what I'd hit, but here's what Jesus does. Matthew chapter 4, the first two and a half verses here say, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, dot, dot, dot. And he continues with, uh, with the temptation sequence that we read about in the rest of the chapter there. Well, listen, that was Jesus. That's how Jesus used that time. He, he, like he's, he just got baptized. He's inaugurating. He's kicking off his three-year ministry. And he goes, he, he goes, his very first task is to do business with Satan. And this is the first thing he does, is go out into the middle of the wilderness with no food for o- almost a month and a half. Like, why on earth? Why, why would he do this? What, it doesn't make sense. Why, why would he spend that time fasting? A lot of people fast. All sorts of people fast for all sorts of reasons. Right? We read about fasting all throughout the Bible. We read about Moses, he fasted, David fasted, Elijah fasted, Esther fasted, Daniel fasted, Anna fasted. We just read that Jesus fasted, Paul fasted, the early church fasted. And, you know, throughout history, some very smart people, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, they all fasted. Uh, various religious groups, uh, all sorts of groups of people, even today, practice fasting. Jews fast, Muslims, Mormons, Buddhists, Hindus, Catholics, Pentecostals, Baptists, weightlifters, uh, people who do yoga, CrossFitters, vegans, low-carb guys, keto guys, and anyone who is taking out a life insurance policy. They all fast. So why did Jesus fast? Why? What was, the, what was it all about? What was his, how did he fast and why? I'm going to suggest that the best place to look, if you want to understand why Jesus fasted, is uh, the passage of Scripture where he teaches about how and why he fasted. Um, I know that seems like a stretch. I might be going out on a limb. Just bear with me a little bit. I think the best way to figure out why 
Jesus fasted is to go to the time he taught about fasting. So that's what I'm going to do. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. He says, and when you fast, now he doesn't say if you fast, and he doesn't say you must fast. He, it's not like an option, and it's not a command. It's just this thing he assumes everyone's going to do. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Get that. That's their goal. They disfigure their faces. Why? So that their fasting may be seen by others. But he says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret, who sees in secret, will, will reward you. So Jesus really gives two options here on how to fast. There's a lot of different ways you can fast for a lot of different reasons, but Jesus sets up two options. Option number one, you can fast like a hypocrite. Or option number two, you can fast like Jesus, like the way he practiced and the way he prescribes to us. So let's, let's talk about both options. Let's start with option number one, how to fast like a hypocrite. Now, I trust this is going to be really helpful uh, for anyone who is sitting here saying right now, you know, I, I actually want to improve in this area. Like this is my, my New Year's resolution was to fast more like a hypocrite. Like 2021 is going to be the year I'm going to nail this. I'm finally going to fast more hypocritically. This is good. This is, if, if that's you, man, this is going to be super helpful. So get out, your, you know, get, get out the pen and pad. You're going to want to take notes. Jesus gives us two easy steps. If we want to fast like a hypocrite, just follow these two easy steps. Step one, suffer and show it. Right? Suffer and, and then show it. Like he says, if you want to fast like a hypocrite, here's what you got to do. You just got to be miserable. Like, I want you to, if you want to do this like a hypocrite, hate every second of it. And just don't, don't enjoy it. Be miserable. And not just on the inside, but like on the outside too. You got to suffer, but you have to make it, make it visible. You got to show it. You've got to let... If you want to fast like a hypocrite, you have to let everyone around you know how much you're suffering. Why? Because how on earth are they going to know that you're more godly than them? That's, that's, that, that's the whole point, right? Like, what's the point of, of, of suffering if, like a hypocrite if no one's even going to applaud you for it? Uh, so Jesus says, if you want to do it like a hypocrite, here's how you do it. Just look gloomy. Disfigure your face. Back in the day, they would put ash on their face. It was part of the, the fasting routine. So Jesus said, make sure you leave, leave any external signs that you're fasting. Leave them very visible. Don't wash your face. Don't anoint your head. You got to suffer and make it visibly. So how do we do this in 2021? I don't know. Ladies, here's a couple tips. Maybe uh, don't do your normal routine. Like if you're gonna fast like a hypocrite, maybe leave the, the mascara running just a little bit. Maybe the, have the hair look like, you know, like a bit of a, just a bit of a bird's nest, you know? And maybe like you came to work in a convertible. It's just the wind kind of blew. Just be, you know, just, just, just you, what you want is, you want at least one person to say, are you, are you okay? So that you can say, I'm fasting. 
because I'm godly. That's what you're going for. If we're gonna fast like hypocrites, like guys, same thing, right? Don't shave, don't trim the beard up. I don't know, maybe you leave your shirt like half untucked. Go, go a few days without taking a shower. I don't know. I don't want to tell you what, how to live. I don't want to tell you how to do this. But just some, some ideas. These are just tools. You know, throw in the, the old hypocrite toolbox. You use them how you want, all right? But the goal is to get someone to notice how miserable you are for Jesus, right? And here's the deal. This is really helpful, especially if you do this like around lunchtime. This is classic. I mean, this is good. They'll, someone will ask you, hey, do you want to go to lunch together? And they're just teeing it right up. Then you can say, I can't. I'm fasting because I'm so godly. Wait, this is perfect. And a little helpful trick here. Um, even if no one even asks you, here's all you got to do. Work it into a conversation. As simple as that. Like, even if the conversation doesn't have anything to do with, like, fasting or God or even food, just slide it in there. Right? They're going to know how, how holy you are. It's great. And just like your boss is like, hey, uh, would you make uh, 15 copies of these and uh, send out an email for next week's ad- meeting agenda? You can say, yes, I should be able to do that. I'm fasting but I, sh- I should be able to do that. They're gonna notice, right? Jesus says, you wanna do this like a hypocrite. Make sure that your fasting is seen. Step two, make sure it's all about you. Man, if we wanna fast like hypocrites, it's gotta be so us-centered. Don't let this become like a just between me and God thing. Like, don't just do this for the Father who sees in secret. Don't let it be just between, between you and God. It's got, this has to be a, a real us-centered centered thing, right? Because this is not about, if we're gonna truly fast like hypocrites, I mean, are you guys, are you guys tracking with me? If we're really gonna fast like hypocrites, this isn't about getting to know God more. This isn't about focusing our affections on him. This isn't about seeking his will for our life. This isn't about rekindling the fire of our devotion. This isn't about God uh, convicting us of any sin that he wants us to repent of or him showing us areas uh, that he wants us to grow or change or become more like him. That's not what this is about, right? Jesus says a good hypocrite would just never fast in a way that it's just between you and God, never. So here's what, here's what I recommend, like hit social media for this. Facebook, Instagram, you're gonna get those likes, I guarantee, you're gonna get the likes, you can get the double taps, if you're really good, you get the comments, man, oh, you are so spiritual, it's, it'll work. If you do this really well, you might even get someone to say, I, this is the great sentence. If, if, you're, if you're really doing it well like a hypocrite, you can, say, you can get someone to say, I wish I had your devotion. Gold, reward, right? Solid. You, can, you don't want to do this without receiving your reward. Because here's the big picture. If you don't get an applause from anybody, if you don't get at least one person complimenting you on how spiritual you are, then what are you even doing? Like if, if, if not even one person says how godly you are, or if you don't even make one person feel like you're more godly than them, are you even fasting? <laughs> you know, F minus in the hypocrite class. So how do you do this? Use the opportunity. 
Use the opportunity. You gotta get applause. Use the opportunity also to get what you want from God. This is perfect. I can't believe how many people fast without, without doing this. <laughs> what are you doing? If we gotta fast like hypocrites and it's gonna be all about us, we gotta use this time to get what we want from God. Like some of you, just try to, try to just twist God's arm just a little bit. Because I feel like if you could really nail fasting along with all the other religious practices, you could basically have God eating right out of your hand, okay? Like if God's a big Santa Claus and he's making a list, he's checking it twice, fasting is textbook, nice list stuff. And once you're on the nice list, God's obligated, right? Like to bring you the present you want. So if you wanna make this about, about you and, and fast like a good hypocrite, it's just a little helpful tool. You know, you, you use these how you want, but we can do it. If we wanted to fast like hypocrites, church, man, we could nail this. Okay, I believe in us. We could do this. And if we read the rest of Matthew chapter six, we could learn not just how to fast like hypocrites, we could learn how to pray like hypocrites, we could learn how to give to charity like hypocrites. Honestly, if we come together on this, really, I believe this, I'm not just saying this, we could be the most hypocritical church in the Fox Valley. I mean, I, I believe that. I'm not just saying that. We could do this. We could, we could make fasting about us and make it about people seeing us and we could be hypocrites. Or we could fast like Jesus. What's this all about? We could fast like Jesus. Man, when Jesus fasted, he came to God. He came to the Father for nothing else but the Father. And then he instructs us to do the same. Right? When, if we're going to fast like Jesus, it's not a, like a religious thing to try to like earn points with God or something like that. It's not a religious thing to show how holy we are. It's an exercise of our relationship. It's not religion, it's relationship. If we're gonna fast like Jesus fasts, like Jesus fasted and Jesus prescribes, this is not gonna be for like the applause of, of men and women. What's it for? It's for the presence of God. It's not even for the gifts that God could give us or will give us. It's for God himself, the giver. Right? To fast like Jesus fasts is to come to God and say, God, I'm hungry for you, for you alone. You're all I want. God, I don't want anything else. I'm not asking you for anything else right now. I want you. You're enough. And that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. God looks good on us when we have that posture. It's beautiful when we get this right, but it's so easy to get it wrong. With any religious practice, it's so easy to make it an external emotion, an exercise that we go through that can be void, empty, powerless. If it's about the heart. Fasting, the way Jesus fasted, isn't about hungry bellies. It's about hungry hearts. This is so easy to get wrong. I'd like to 
kind of debunk three real common fasting related misconceptions. First of all, skipping a meal, there's nothing magic about skipping a meal. Does that make sense? There's nothing magic in, in, about skipping a meal. You can't think, man, if I just skip a meal, I'll, maybe I'll get that one prayer request answered finally. Or maybe, maybe if I just go hungry enough for long enough, uh, that, that miracle I've been hoping for or something like this. There's nothing magic about skipping a meal. God is powerful, period, all on his own. His ability to do powerful things is not contingent upon the contents of our stomachs. Like whether we're hungry or full or not does not limit in any way what God is willing and able to do. It's just so not about that. There's nothing magic in skipping a meal. And second, skipping a meal doesn't get God's attention. Okay, fasting along with every other uh, act of asceticism is not some form of spiritual attention grab. It doesn't get us another gold star on some religious chart. It doesn't earn us God's love. You're, you, you are loved as you are. This doesn't get God's love for us. This doesn't make us earn or merit or deserve his grace and his goodness and his kindness and his favor toward us. It's just not what it's, it's, not what it's, ab what it's about. It's not Aladdin's lamp. And if you run it, all of a sudden, rub it, you'll, you'll, you know, the genie will appear and he's, he says, oh, hey, you know, I didn't notice you there before. But now you've got my attention. That's not what fasting's about. Right, fasting is not about us getting God's attention. It's about us giving God our attention. Let me say that again because everything hangs on this. Okay, Fasting is not about us getting God's attention. It's about us giving God our attention. Okay? So skipping a meal doesn't get God's attention. Final little misconception here is that food, food, food maybe is bad, or and or, or this is about the physical, physical benefits. Okay, food isn't bad, and this is not about the physical benefits. There, sure, there are definitely physical benefits to fasting, but that that so isn't what this is about. Like fasting, like Jesus fasted, isn't to help us reach our weight loss goals. It's just so not what it's about. This is, this is a spiritual thing. And food isn't bad. Some people kind of get this twisted. I've heard people talk about this in this way. Almost as if like food's a bad thing. If God you know, calls us to fast or if we should fast or if you know, the, Jesus prescribed us to fast, anything like this, maybe that means like food's a bad thing and I should forego a bad thing. I should say no to a bad thing. That's not what it is. Like there is not a single verse in the Bible that will characterize food in general as something bad. Right? Food is always seen as a blessing. Like Jesus taught us to pray, God, would you give us this day our daily bread? Right? Food is a blessing. And not just far beyond mere sustenance. 
There's something holy. Food is is an integral part of our fellowship. There's, it's, it's a piece of joy and, and communion with, with other humans. Like there's something sacred in breaking bread with people we care about. And beyond the here and now, heaven itself is depicted as a banquet, a feast. Yeah? When, when, when the, the prodigal son returns, the father says, kill the fatted calf. We're throwing a party, barbecue. Okay, food's not bad. That's not what this is about. Fasting isn't saying no to a bad thing. Fasting is saying no to a good thing so that you can say yes to the best thing. Okay? Fasting isn't saying no because food's bad, da-da-da. It's saying, God, I want more of you. James chapter 4, verse 8, he gives us this axiom, this spiritual truth. He says, draw near to God and he might draw near to you. Is that what, is that what it says? No, 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 no. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right? This spiritual axiom, this truth speaks volumes into fasting. Because fasting, like Jesus, is feasting. Just temporarily not on food, but on the presence of God. Fasting is filling. It's just trading for a little while, a stomach full of food for a soul full of God. Fasting is focusing. This is what it's all about. It's about, fasting is is refocusing intentionally. It's periodically, intentionally focusing or refocusing your devotion, your affections, your faith, your love on God. All right, this is, seeking first the kingdom of God. This is choosing to not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it, it'll give us a chance to, to audit our appetites. Okay? Fasting will give us a chance to audit our appetites in life, to spend time saying, God, search me, know me, show me anything in me that doesn't please you. God, show me anything in me that I'm more hungry for than you. God, I want to be hungry for you and you alone. Anything that's competing with you, show me. Uh, It gives us a chance to audit our appetites. So what is fasting like Jesus taught? Fasting is focusing on God, feasting on his presence, and being filled by him. It's a very relational thing, right? Like, like James, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. This is, this is, this is a very relational thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like date night and the role that date night plays in, in a marriage. Now bear with me on this, okay? What, what's the point of date night in, in a marriage? Does it it, uh, make you married? No, date night doesn't make you married. It doesn't make you somehow more married than you were. It doesn't validate your marriage certificate. Like if you go on a date or not this evening, you will still be just as married as you were this morning. 
Right? Date, date night doesn't make you married. What's the point of date night then? The point of date night in a marriage is that there is value in intentionally saying no to every other distraction for a while so that you can say an uncontested yes to your spouse. Or think about that. Date night's not saying no to bad stuff. Right? You're going you're gonna to shut off the phone for a while. You're going to quit talking about, you're going to stop thinking about work for a while. You're going to stop thinking about all the stuff you got to get done around the house for a while. You're even going to say no to your children for a while. These are not bad things that you're saying no to. I don't know your kids. Maybe it is, but I'm going to assume, Right? You're just pushing pause on everything else so you can focus on the relationship, so you can realign your hearts, right? That's what fasting is about. Fasting like Jesus is simply taking time to say no to food in order to say yes to God. And that's why this relational dynamic, this is why fasting in the Bible is almost always coupled with prayer. You almost always read them together, prayer and fasting, why? Because this is a super relational, God-centered thing. This is all about us connecting with God. It's an exercise in drawing near to God and expecting him to draw near to you. Why? Because his word says he's eager to. It's just so not about a hungry belly. So much more about a hungry heart and a hunger for the one who can, the only one who can truly satisfy your soul. Like the line on that last song we sang. Only in him will my soul be satisfied. And and we talk about fasting a lot in Lent, around Lent, around this time of year. Once a year, we talk about fasting. Listen, think about all that I'm talking about with the purpose of fasting uh, like Jesus. Jesus is why behind fasting. Satan would love if we only did this one time a year. He would love it. And quite frankly, I think he's okay if we just keep talking about it. Like I don't really think Satan gets that nervous if we're talking about fasting. I think we can talk about fasting till the cows come home. And as long as we never do it, Satan's like, cool. I'm not threatened at all. all right. This is one of those things. It's not about talking about it. It's not about thinking about it. It's about doing it. And it's about doing it for the right reason. So here's my challenge. Give it a shot. I don't know, I don't know what your relationship with fasting is. I don't know, maybe, maybe you uh, have never fasted before and maybe you thought, you've always thought it's a, a ridiculous notion. What's it got to do with anything? Um, uh, maybe you have actually a, a, a weird or tainted relationship with fasting because of like some weird religious experience in, uh, in your past or something like this. I don't know. But I would love to be able to redeem the notion of fasting for, for right now for what it is. Right? So my challenge is give it a shot. I'm gonna put zero parameters on it. Just give it a shot. I don't know, it's morning, an afternoon, a day, I, I don't know. But, but give it a shot, try. Say, God, I'm gonna pause 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this morning or this evening or whatever it is or this day and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be intentionally hungry for you. And every time I feel that hunger stir up in my stomach, God, I'm gonna turn to you. I'm gonna realign my soul with yours. I'm gonna realign my heart with yours. I'm gonna focus my mind on yours. Give it a shot and expect him to move and don't have an agenda. That's my challenge. Does that make sense? Give it a shot. Expect that he's gonna work in your life. Expect that he's going to meet you in this. Not because of the practice, but because of the promises. He will draw near to you. Expect him to move. Just here's the deal. Don't have an agenda. Expect him to go to work in your life somehow. Just don't tell him how to do it. Let it be on his terms. Give it a shot. Expect God to meet you in this and just don't have an agenda. And just this thing, guys, imagine, imagine what, what we would see. Imagine what God would do if we all did this, like as a church. If as a church, we all carved out a little bit of time each week and said, God, I'm going to be intentionally hungry for you. What would we see him do in and through and around us? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to bet we'd have some stories. Please stand with me. I'm gonna close in prayer. Jesus, I praise you for the way you love us. I praise you for the way you nourish our souls. I praise you for the way you're eager to satisfy us. I know that our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. And I, I, I just praise you that, that we can draw near to you knowing, not that you might draw near to us, but that you will draw near to us. Jesus, help us to never fast or do anything like the hypocrites that you were talking about so many years ago. Help us to not miss this. Help us to seek after your heart. And I pray, God, that you would show up mightily in unexpected ways in the lives of everyone in this church. Anyone, Lord, who feels far from you, anyone who feels like you are distant from them. Jesus, I ask that you would somehow, some way, flood into their life and remind them, whisper to their soul, you're mine. You're mine, and I love you. Forgive us for taking something good and making it a thing, a religious thing, or making it about us. Help us to just have top secret devotion to you. This is between us and you, and we trust you that you see in secret and you reward in your own ways. We praise you, you're wonderful. In your name, amen. Hey, may God just bless you guys, give you peace in Jesus' name. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday, all right?